Welcome to the Culture of Safety podcast. How's it going, guys? How's it going, Matt? I'm good, dude. How are you? You sound kind of quiet today. Why are you I tired? Know. I need to talk a little bit louder. My bad. <laughs> nah, you're good. It's been, a, it's been a crazy, crazy week, I think, for both of us. And yeah, everything's starting to open up in Bakersfield, which is kind of nice. You don't have to deal with all this craziness that's going on. But um, we've been getting actually a lot of a lot of interest in our, in our Reddit page and on, on emails and stuff. So um, again, talking about some of the more entry level positions, I think we'll talk about, you know, sometimes as a professional, we have to kind of, you know, aim a little lower so we can hit a target. So sometimes we can't go for those big high management positions. We have to go for the tech level stuff. And I've seen a lot of places right recently, you know, especially around our location, there's a lot of work for tech, tech workers or even consultants. I know that's a, another big one too, is working like offshore or, you know, unfortunately having to go into like faraway places, but sometimes that that's a good foot in the door and that can give you the experience that a lot of people tend to not have, you know what I'm saying? So I know you and I both did a lot of tech work or I say consulting work uh, back in the day. And I kind of felt like us giving the way that we handled it and how maybe some things that we could, you know, kind of help ourselves knowing, knowing now what we have could have helped us back then. You know what I'm saying? On top of that, I think one good thing to know is uh, I think, well, you know him better than I do, but we both know a guy that graduated with a degree and had a lot of trouble finding a full like safety position. Actually, I know a guy that still hasn't come to find out after all these years, he, he just got comfortable and he's got a degree and he's never became a full-time safety guy. Oh really? But, yeah. but uh, the one that we worked with at American. Yeah. He's still there. Yeah. It came to find out that he was, he was still working there. He never left. Oh really? Yeah. Wait, no, I'm confused. I think we're talking about the same guy. He had like a, a bachelor's. Yeah. And, and he, an ERM. Huh? An ERM bachelor's. Yep. Yep, and he never he never did anything with it. He's still in the same position. He, I don't know if you guys got comfortable, but from our understand, he's still still there in the same position. Hmm. Yeah. Anyways, I was just trying to go. My the whole point I brought it up was that sometimes I know he came to work as like a like an entry level. He did we like so at American one of the places we both worked. Um, the lower level guys where when you come in, you're kind of like you do gas detection. Yeah. You, and you do uh, like confined space rescue. And then as you build up and you get your safe, you're like a little bit more in the safety side, you can do consulting and stuff like that. But uh, it's it's a really good place, like a company to companies like that are really good stepping stones to get into yeah. your safety career because it's really hard to get a job without experience. Exactly. And it's really hard to get experience without a job. Without a job. And it's like a double edged sword that everybody runs into. So sometimes you got to find these like off the beaten path jobs. Maybe it's not directly safety, but it's safety related. Yeah. And uh, I think in a future episode, we're going to get. Um, some One contractors of, like that. Yeah, we're going to get somebody sure. like that from a company in here to come talk to about some of the uh, services and stuff they offer and how they can help safety professionals. But um, yeah, I just I see posts on like some of the safety groups and people have a degree and they're expecting to literally go in and be a director yeah. with no experience. Yeah. 100%. And they're expecting to get paid 100K a year with no experience. And it's not impossible, no. but it's highly, highly unlikely without experience that you're going to drop. Or uh, land a job like that right off the well, bat. Especially when it, I mean, I think one of the biggest things that I've had, not to say had trouble with, but if, if I didn't have that experience before I got into school, I would have definitely struggled a lot more in real life is, is case management. You know, I think that, especially when it gets into like the, the South end where it starts going left on us, you know what I'm saying? Is, you know, now we're, we're dealing with recordables and maybe even workers comp. And then of course, you know, the worst is when they decide, you know, I don't want to be on workers comp anymore. I want to, I want to litigate this, 
you know, when you deal with that kind of stuff, they don't teach you how to handle those types of things in, in class, which kind of, like I said, it kind of sucks because that's like a bread and butter for us as for professionals is making sure that when we go do have an, eventually have an incident, how to properly manage that and making sure our employees are, are working and staying, you know, active because oftentimes if, if we just go, okay, well, doctor put you off for three weeks and you just let the doctor, you know, make that decision. Now it's going to hit your, your, um, your insurance and your, your insurance rate is going to go up and you're, you're just literally throwing money out the window when you could have just said, Hey, no, we'll work with the employee and we'll have them go out and we'll have them do some menial job, take training classes, sweep, throw trash, something easy, but still are, they're still producing and they're still doing something while still getting their paid full wage. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely one of the things that as I was a safety consultant, that's the things that's where I got that experience. So was, I was able to take some of the things that I learned in class and be able to actually go out to the job sites and go, okay, well, it's no longer like an EMT. Cool. I treated you Bye. like, that's not how it works. We have to learn how to manage the cases. And then if, you know, dealing with like an employee that goes out on their own, right. When they go and they don't tell us they got injured and they go, well, I got injured at work. So I'm going to go to the doctor and the doctor gives them a bunch of drugs and a bunch of, you know, pain medicine. You're like, Oh man, this is going to go South real quick. Learning how to manage those things. That's where I think the safety consulting that's where you're going to get that expertise, being able to deal with that, especially because you're not going to be the one in charge, right? So you're going to be, unfortunately, you're going to be like the run to the litter and you're going to kind of have to be like, okay, well, I'm, I'm a nobody here. And how do I, how do I manage getting people that don't really directly report to me to follow the rules? I think there's different kinds of consultants, right? And the consultant oh, yeah. you're talking about, like that level is where a company doesn't, Maybe doesn't have the resources or it's temporary or something like that. And it's they like just want to, yeah. you're like a rental safety guy. Rental safety. That's pretty much what you are. Cause there's yeah. also like high level consultants. Oh that yeah. You there's can like bring the, in. yeah, that high level where you're like, you got all the degrees and, and they're expertise. coming in to like, say, Hey, this is what you need to do to make your culture yeah. better. This is what you need to make your company better. Whatever that might be. That's not what we're talking about. No, We're talking about the entry level consultant, getting your foot in the door. Like, yeah, I can't get like, a, I mean, I always call it a full-time position. Because I always felt like the safety that I was doing was only part-time. I would only be there part-time. I would do 40 hours a week and plus, but I didn't have like a stationary position like I did like the past couple of jobs. Where I went to the same location, I was over this place the entire time. Like you said, I was more of like a, like a rent-a-cop. Hey, you go out to this project. Once the project's down, you go to the next project. And after that project's down, go to the next project. And in between those projects, you'll do like little side jobs like, hey, we need you to do a training or we need you to go do this and do that kind of stuff. So, but yes, you're right. Being in the, being the higher echelons of consulting, that's where you're going to make, that's where you're going to make the money. Really. Most yeah. companies aren't going to pay you a hundred thousand dollars. Most, most decent companies, some of the larger ones will, but, um, until you become an actual consultant, that's where the money's going to be made for sure. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to make sure people understood that there's yeah. a difference. Well, I mean, maybe we can talk about that in a future episode is so, how to deal with the top, top executive type of uh, consulting. So you had experience in consulting jobs like that, where you were kind of like a fill in safety guy for different companies over time. No, I, I was, didn't do I a was lot like of the that. safety guy. Yeah. They didn't usually have one. Okay. And so what, what I've run into a lot, especially now as a business owner, um, doing consulting on the side is I run into projects. They'll be doing, Hey, I got this $500,000 project, but they want a safety guy. You know, they need somebody cause I, you know, my scope is expanded so much. I need additional safety on the books so I can show my customer like, look, we care about safety and, or 
of maybe about two or three of the customers I've dealt with had a, a really bad X mod and they're looking to get something better and they tried somebody else and they're way more expensive than I am. So that's another thing that I've seen as well is like, Hey, we need you to come in and just kind of fix our books and get us the basics. Like they had an OSHA violation. Cool here. I, can you fix this? I'm like, okay, I can, I can try to mitigate this as much as I can. That's another way in a foot in the door as well as if you have experience with OSHA and they get like some company gets a fine, you know, they have like a little checklist. Mm -hmm. Hey, here's the checklist that he gave me. These are the things I need to fix. Cool. Okay. I already have a pre-made IIPP and all this other stuff. I just need to change a couple of key things, send it to you. Here you go. Submit it to OSHA. Boom. Now your, now your troubles are gone. And they're like, cool. You know, that that's invaluable for a lot of owners too, is when OSHA comes through your door. And yeah, that's, that's the majority of what I've did done is project work. And then again, those little like one-offs where it's like, hey, I, we just need your help just for this, this particular incident or this particular thing. I'm like, okay, here, no worries. So, and it's it's great experience if especially if you you've never done it before. It's a great way to learn, like kind of like a trial by fire. Like, okay, well, what do I got to do? I got to do this. I got to do that. Everything's a lot more difficult when when the the ball's in your court. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? No, I agree. And not just in that way. I think it's great experience because a lot of times those projects are pretty diverse. So like when I did yeah. work with you uh, and we did some consulting, like that's how I got to do some jobs at geothermal. I got to do some jobs in dairy. I got to do some, like all these yeah. pretty diverse jobs that you get to see different aspects of safety and, and different uh, processes that you might not get to see just as a normal safety guy. So I feel like it makes you, even though, yeah, you don't have a home, right. you're not, you know, you're not like permanent somewhere that knowledge and that, and that stuff that you're building up, having to jump around and move around and do all these and adapt. I think is really is really good experience. Well, I've, I like it because typically you get to see all the different companies. You know, you and I worked with more than a hundred different contractors, and each one has their own safety culture, and you can see how those cultures play out in the different areas, right? Like you said, we're out there in geothermal power plants; it's one way, and then you go into you municipalities. You're doing street work, mm -hmm. completely different. We're doing bridges, going out to dairies, going out to you know farms. We're going out to oil and gas. We're going out to you know, electric solar panels, they're all different. And it's really interesting to see how, how they manage and all the different rules. And I think that for me, at least I, I attribute a lot of my, my expertise and my success to that because most of the people that I know only have experience in one or two fields. Like, Oh, I'm either just cranes or just oil and gas or just this or just that they've, they've had very narrow pathways. And so when you ask them out to go outside of, you know, their knowledge base, they're like, well, I don't know if this is all I've ever known. And just watching how all these different, you know, like mines, how they manage their safety versus how, you know, even just between the mines they are completely different. So it's just really interesting on if you're paying attention, at least seeing all those subtle differences and kind of taking little mental notes like, Oh, okay. I can see how that works. Or I can see how this is their intent, but this is not how it works. Or even dealing with just different, um, um, crafts, like dealing with plumbers versus dealing with welders versus and electricians, electricians and, and everybody's got a different mindset. And it's, it's, they usually have a very similar mindset within their own great. Right. So you have electrician a is completely different, like electrician Z, but they have the same type of mentality and they still understand the same kind of thing. So, yeah. But, yeah. Those industries, I, I feel like help help us as safety professionals kind of round out our round out our skills. Yeah. So I, I think I completely agree. And I think what we're kind of saying is like, even though it, it, it kind of sucks a little bit in the it beginning does. that you have to not everybody starts that way. It is a good way to start. And if you do start that way, it kind of sucks a little bit in the beginning. But 
in the end, you're going to be probably a better safety professional because of having to deal with all of the, the crap yeah, from just, everybody. Yeah, just all the crap. And I, I wholeheartedly agree with that because the, the fact of the matter is, is you're, it's kind of the school of hard knocks. You know, you're not just, you don't have it the easy way. What I've learned is the people that struggle the most in the beginning, usually the ones that come out on the top, usually appreciate it the more. At the time, I hated it. You know, I hated to be away from the family and I was always gone and I didn't like the work. I was just like, God, this sucks, you know. But, and, you know, looking back now, I'm just like, man, I'm kind of grateful because everybody that is my colleague, they're like, oh, I've only done, in, you know, ag. I'm like, mm -hmm. OK, cool. But, you know, if you're trying to go out for a job, like how how was well that going to help you? Well, like. Where have you worked? Oh, I've only worked ag. Yeah, but then you have people like, oh, yeah, I've worked ag, and I've worked industrial, and I've worked mechanical, and I've worked manufacturing, and cranes, and mm -hmm. solar. And they're like, wow, you've, you've been everywhere. I'm like, yeah, unfortunately, but fortunately, I tell you, unfortunately, but fortunately, it's, it's helped me become who I am, and it makes me more well-rounded than a lot of other professionals. Yeah, I think for me, when I first started, um, I was in one place. I did one type of work. Yep. It was in oil and gas, and I knew what I did really well. And in fact, I was new to safety and I thought I knew safety really well. Right. Until I left that position. And then literally like my mind was blown. I was like, whoa, whoa like I know a fraction of what is like out there. Like there's so many different things out there. And at first I was, uh, I didn't like the idea of it. Right. But then after, now I look back and I'm like, like, thank goodness I left there and went out and like took a chance and did other stuff because it's made me, uh, such like a better safety professional over time. Not that I'm that's debatable, good or but, anything, okay. but it's, I, there's an improvement from the beginning until now. I'm just at least. kidding, Matt. But no, I mean, I, like I said, I think that's one of the reasons why you do so well is because of that, because you've been out in those different areas and you've had to struggle. I mean, let's admit, you know, whenever you're dealing with somebody who's difficult, as far as, you know, safety related matter, you can always go back to the times that we had no authority. We had no power. We literally just, all we had was our leadership abilities. And at that time, I would be honest, probably you and I both struggled in that, that very department. You know, we didn't have a whole lot of knowledge or experience in both leadership, but that helped build up those, those, those good foundations to where now when we run into these problems, like, Oh, this is easy. This is not as, com as difficult was as it was when I was like five years ago as a safety consultant in this, no whole complete different area. This guy's mm -hmm. under me. So I have better leadership skills. That's a really good point that I didn't even really think of is like, it forces you to learn how to talk to people that you don't even know. Like, I think that's one of the things that when you get sent to a job and you're only going to be there for, let's say it's a 14 day project, you're going to, you're about to be a safety professional for a hundred people that you've never met. And you're only going to know for 14 days and you're still trying to make an impact in those 14 days and get them to get, get buy-in and everything. Like, that's a pretty difficult, that's a pretty big challenge and it's pretty difficult to accomplish. And I think even if I didn't accomplish it every time, uh, just trying and, and learning and doing those things is making you a more valuable person. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's really important to have those types of skills, right? I think having, taking the easy path is never good for anybody. Having that, having to build yourself as an individual, as a professional and gaining those abilities in those different areas, it really does help you you know, be able to relate to other people as well. I think that was a, a success that I had in my last job was we had, you know, uh, we had a lot of automation. And so when, whenever we had electricians, a lot of the guys were like, well, I don't, I've never dealt with electricians in that capacity before. I'm like, oh, don't worry, check this out. 
you go in there and you talk to them and you would use, of course, the, the different, you know, jargon or language that you would with every other different type of worker. And that's when they realize like, oh, he's one of us or he's worked with electricians before. And then you can swap similar stories and then you can learn and gain insight. And then again, it makes your life a lot easier because you're like, oh, wow, he's like one of us. Then they're more likely to want to do the safety things and, and recognize you as, as somebody that's looking out for them rather than like, oh, this guy doesn't even know what we do or he doesn't care what we do. Whereas you've shown that that um, you've shown that care, you, you've spent the time learning, they can recognize that, and it, it makes it you a lot more approachable and makes your job easier in the long run, at least. But yeah, I would I would say if if you guys are having troubles, like definitely getting your foot in the door, look look for some maybe the lower opportunities. Yeah, you may have to take a hit in the pocketbooks, you know, but sometimes that's what you need to get your foot in the door to leverage that into higher higher wages anyway, right? Sometimes I've I've learned some places will pay you a little bit less when they show you, okay, hey, look, show me that you guys can do this job, then I'll pay you accordingly. I've I've done that quite a bit and made, you know, a couple of promotions in most of the, the places that I've ever worked. So I think it's important for us just to be a little bit more humble and be like, yeah, I don't get me wrong. I wish I could make that six figure job sitting at, at uh, the top of the ivory tower, but it's not it's not going to be that easy, you know. But when I'm there, I think I'll be more likely to be humble and enjoy it, right? Because it wasn't given to me easy. I had to struggle for it. And and everybody's going to be like, oh, you know, I still to this day, people still don't believe that I grew up in the hood. You lived in like Section 8 housing. I just had that talk with a couple of people today. They're like, no, I wasn't always so eloquently spoken. Sometimes I don't get me wrong. I still listen to Tupac and all the crazy stuff that I grew up with, but. You know, I've I've gotten better. I've learned. I've gotten an education. I've spent my money wisely, invested in myself. And I tell people it happens. It happens to anybody. You just got to learn how to invest your money and invest your time and 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 realize the situ the gravity of the situation. Like we're not always going to be at the top. Sometimes you have to take the lower position to get promoted and get the experience. So yeah, I think it's I think it's a definitely a good good advice for us to give a lot of our, our newbies and for the managers, I would say the same, you know, sometimes you just gotta kind of risk it all for, for those people that you, you may not, may not have that opportunity. You know what I'm saying? You're looking at some of the guys that came through and you're like, well, this guy, yeah, this guy's got more experience, but this guy's got the degree. And I feel like he would probably do, or he or she would do a lot better with the company, just given that little bit of experience. And and sometimes, you know, sticking your neck out for the people that you may not be the, may not be the hero or they may be the underdog. I think that might be very beneficial to yourself as well. No, not always. I could definitely <laughs> see that. Yeah, it just depends on the candidate, really. Yeah, I mean, and the if, situation. If, if they're a jerk and they think that they know everything, okay, well then, you know. But I mean, obviously, if they're humble and they, you know what? Yeah, I only have very little experience in safety, but I've done this, 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 and this. And I'm eager to learn. And, and I'm eager to learn. You're showing me, you know, you're showing me like a, a history of trying to get better. Then I would like, you know, what? I'm gonna stick my neck out for this guy because this person will probably end up doing better in the long run than the person who just has experience. Like, yeah, he probably is gonna come in knowing everything. But for me, I'm always thinking like four or five years down the road, like, okay, well, if I'm going to be hopefully expanding, cool, I can rely on this guy getting those experiences and being eager to to want to do some of the the not not so many few words, the crappy jobs, because then they're going to be like, oh, well, I haven't done this before. Let me try it. It sucks. But at least you've done it. You have that experience. You have that knowledge. That's another thing that I would tell people is if you have that opportunity, do the crappy jobs. It's not always sunshine and rainbows, and sometimes you got to do the the dirt work. 
But doing that dirt work will help you get that experience for later down the road. When you have somebody who needs to do the dirt work, you can show them how to do it. I can give you this one time that I remember when I was going into consulting and I remember we were going up into bridges, right? So a lot of people didn't know this, but all the bridges around the United States, anytime you see a bridge, it has to be inspected every once in a while, right? So they have to make sure all the components inside haven't rusted out or some of the structural members haven't been broken and all that kind of stuff. And so obviously if you've never dealt with that before, it's a completely different world, right? You're dealing with confined spaces. And one of the biggest things is a lot of vermin live in bridges. So owls, birds, rats, and what does that conjure up? Industrial hygiene, something that I've never dealt with before. So I all of a sudden had to learn, okay, well, what, how am I going to protect this guy? How is he going to go in and do his inspection? And what are the things I need to look out for? Right. Cause after you see, I've sent a guy into where like a bunch of rats are and he starts getting attacked and I got rabies and all this other stuff. It can go south real quick. So definitely being able to be more versatile and learn how to use your, um, your resources is a really key skill in when you first get into consulting. You know, unfortunately, we can't all just walk around with giant books that explain every single thing. But we can. It's called our cell phone. Well, that's that's the resource, right, is your cell phone and learning how to properly go through the the regulations that apply either federal or your state plan like we talked about two episodes ago go back and listen yes look at those things and learn how to properly use them so that way you can just make sure you identify okay well this is the probably the hazard that we got to deal with this is how we're going to mitigate it and then making sure those things get you know out to location before you guys show up because i've been there a couple of times where we sent out the request hey you guys need to have this this list of ppe get to the job site and there's nothing there and we're like, well, we sent the list of PPE. They're like, oh, that person's on like maternity leave or they're on vacation. I'm like, well, that doesn't help us. We can't get the work done. So just being able to go out to these different job locations and just be very flexible, I guess. The flexibility is the name of the game in the consulting area. Sometimes you're going to have to do training at the worst possible time. Sometimes you're going to have to do it at the best times. Just learning what the different customers want. That's another big, big task, I think, as far as consulting, huh? You go with oh, yeah. a company you've never dealt with before, and now you have to learn a customer's expectations. You're like, well, I've never dealt with this customer before, and having to build those build those relationships can be very difficult. Yeah, you don't even know what they expect of you, really, when you get there. You have to try and figure it out, or hopefully they have a good, some type of like, maybe not full onboarding, but somebody's going to explain to you like, hey, here's here's how we operate, and this yeah. is what we expect of here's you. Here's the orientation. I'm, I'm, I'm still dealing with that with a lot of contractors that I, that I uh, consult with is, Okay, well, who's the guy I got to call to get orientation? Can I get an orientation either done or do I, or am I allowed to do it myself? Luckily for right now, because of COVID, nobody wants to do them. So they're like, oh, here's the material. Just, just train them, have them fill out the paperwork. Here's a test, send all this stuff to us, all that kind of stuff. Great. I love that. Some of them are like, no, you have to show up to this. I think those are the worst ones. You have to show up to this location at this specific time on every third Wednesday. And you're just like, ah, my dude, how am I going to make this work? But being able to be flexible and understand and, and communicating both with the, the lower guys, the field guys and the, you know, mid mid management, maybe even up to the actually owner of the company. I know you and I have dealt with the owners of, of several companies when we used to be consulting together and, the owners can be very peculiar, very peculiar. Let's be honest. Mm -hmm. Some of them can be very flamboyant and, and some of them are, they're hard asses. You know, uh, the one I remember down South, he thought he was the, the, the poop. I'm trying to think of, is this one, a job that I went on there with you? Uh, 
I don't think you were there at the same time as me, but you, I think you were on there. I don't know if you ever met the owner because he wasn't around too much. But every time he came around, I mean, he was he was like, oh, yeah, I worked my way up and I made I made this company. But at the same time, he had like an iron fist where if something wasn't the way he wanted it, you know, heads were going to roll. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think I, I might know who you're talking about. But <clears throat> yeah, that's definitely the case is the owners can be so different. Uh, and, and whenever you're going to deal with, you don't know what it's going to be like. Yeah, sometimes sometimes they're going to be hands on and sometimes they're not. They're going to like, hey, this is your job. You handle it. And sometimes like, no, I know what exactly what I want and this is how I want it. And again, being able to communicate effectively with both sides, because now you're thrown in the mix. These people don't know who you are. They're used to taking their cues from somebody else. And you're just trying to like, okay, well, look, this is how he wants it this way, this way, this way. Or one of my favorite ones is that they have a system built. They're following the system to a T, but then you show up and you're like, dude, your system is completely set up wrong. Like, this is not how things are supposed to work. But the, again, the owner goes, no, this is how I want it. I'm like, yeah, but it's, but it's wrong. Again, I, I conjure up that, that when I talked about a couple uh, episodes ago when I got yelled at for having somebody on a stepladder and having them tie off, mm. you know, stuff like that, where they're, they're not sure of exactly what's going on, but they, I guess they have this picture in their head. Oh, this is mm-hmm. how I want it. I want it this way. Okay, well, that's wrong. So I don't know how you want me to fix that. And or they heard that this is the rule and that they, no matter what, they just know, oh, I just know that if this happens, this, this has happens. to happen. Yeah. But really, that's not how life or rules always yeah, work. Yeah, I would say one of the worst things that can happen to a business or to an owner as far as safety is having somebody say something that is completely off base. I heard uh, like the other day that there's only one program in all of America that allows you to teach. And I was like, that doesn't even make sense, but okay. You know, because as a consultant, you what do know, you mean? What, I don't even understand what that means. So uh, one of the scaffolding companies that I deal with as a consultant, they said, Oh, well, in order for you to teach scaffolding, you have to take this specific class. Like there's no other class in all of America except for this one. And I'm like, that doesn't even make sense. And I was like, well, I just want to let you know, as a professional, like if I'm teaching something, I have to be qualified. Because if I'm not, what's up happening is because I'm a third-party contractor through you guys. If I teach you wrong or if I teach somebody else wrong, they can come back to me and say, hey, he taught me incorrectly and I got injured. Now I, me and my assets are our liability. So I always make sure, I always look through the regs. I'm like, okay, uh, yeah, I meet that qualification. I'm pretty sure. I got this, I got this, I got that. Okay, I have this and I have that. Cool, I'm ready to go. Teaching forklift, confined space. A lot of these other things people are unsure. Like, well, you have to have some type of OSHA, you know, 15 or, or 510 or 500. You have to have this and you have to have that. Like, bro, I have no people that. You know what you have to have to teach OSHA classes? It's it's to teach other OSHA classes. That's the only time you have to have. A no, like to teach all, OSHA 30. You don't, you don't have to have a, you don't have the, you don't have to have anything. I thought you had to have a 501 or a 500. Ah, see, that's the trick. A lot of people don't realize that. That's only to get them the card. Yeah, to get that's them the card. It. To get them the card. People ask me all the time, oh, can you teach OSHA 30? I'm like, well, what are you asking for? Are you asking for the card or do you want the OSHA 30? Because I can give you a class that gives probably better than the OSHA 30. I've, I've taken the OSHA 30 with some certain professionals. Not very good. But I tell them I can do a better job than they can uh, just as fast way more efficient, way better, you know, quality material, but I can't give you the card. That's the only difference. But to give them the card, but to give them the card, five, five, 10, five, Oh one. Yeah. yeah. But that's, that's again, that's the, the trick a lot of people don't understand. And actually believe it or not. So in California, there's actually a third class. You have to take a third class in order to teach the California standards. 
What's the third class? There's another. I, I don't remember the, the the number, but if you guys look it up on the little OSHA, you know, usually once in a while you get the big old OSHA thing. It's got all the little classes that you can take. Mm-hmm. Near the bottom, I forgot it's like five thousand and two or something like that. There's some kind of a number. There's a Cal OSHA class. So what you're teaching is the five hundred, and uh, that's the general industry. Yeah. Those are the federal standards. In California, mm-hmm. we have a state plan. And of course, if you guys are in obviously in a state planned area, look at those two. But in order to teach the Cal OSHA plan, you have to have those two and the Cal OSHA. I'm like, dude, this is expensive just to teach a class. But again, it's only for the card, the Department of Labor card. So if you have the qualifications, right, don't just get Joe Schmo from Kokomo. Get someone who's actually knowledgeable about the material. That's first. Just because you took the class doesn't mean it's like CPR. Just because you took the CPR class doesn't mean you're all ready to save a life. Mm-hmm. Know the material. Understand it. Go research and, and get confident in knowing what, what the material is about. You can go teach in OSHA 30. Or OSHA 10. I was going to recommend the opposite is if you don't know the material, then reach, then out, give to us, some, reach out to give somebody us a call. that does. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I think when I, was, when I was newer to safety... And I would read regs and stuff like that. And I'd be like, oh, okay, like you only have to be a qualified person to do this training. Yes. I, I have, I've done this and like, I've done this type of job before. I've been doing it for a while. I know the regulations around it. Like I'm going to call myself yeah, qualified. Call it, yeah. Maybe in some of those situations, I probably shouldn't have called myself qualified in the beginning. And I probably should have uh, resourced that out, but I felt like I could do it. So it's kind of like, you got to know, should I be doing this training or should I, should I be giving the the employees a, yeah, a good no, training? Yeah, I, no, I, I always appeal people, if you're going to be training something, because I get the train question all the time, well, can I train this? Am I qualified? Well, I tell them, look, do you call yourself you know, OSHA competent person? Mm-hmm. Do you feel if somebody were to ask you a question about whatever it is that you're teaching, that you would understand, know, and be able to talk about it in length, in detail, right? Because if not, then I don't maybe you shouldn't be teaching those types of classes, mm-hmm. right? On the opposite side, if you do know a lot about it, then I feel like you should be confident in being able to go out and tell people, oh, well, this is what this is and this is what that is. Especially because I the the ones I always deal with are confined space and forklift. There's a lot of a lot of um a lot of misinformation about training. What can I train for? Oh well I took a confined space class. Okay, well do you know all the different parts of a confined space? Well, well, no. Well, then why are you teaching people that you're not confident in? Remember, these people are the ones going inside and, and they're, they're ones that can possibly get killed. Exactly. And if they do get killed, they're going to look at the training. So who's the training? Oh, Guaranteed. Oh, Matt. So how are you qualified to teach this class? Well, I took a class like six years ago. Huh. Your uh, evidence looks a little short there, bud. So, yeah, that's just that's just the reality of the situation. Just making sure that you kind of cover your liabilities. Make sure that you're competent and confident in teaching the materials. Have yourself a good quality class built. Because a lot of times, like I said, when I took my first OSHA 10, dude, I knew more than the instructor. I was like, dude, how do you not know this? How do you not know? You don't know what Raynaud's is? Like, bro, like this is like something you were supposed to learn in the class. They spent, uh, I want to say 1500 uh, Don't quote me on that. It's 1500 isn't it? 1500 bucks for both? Like the 501 and 510. Oh, yeah, like yeah. That. I thought you were talking it's about like your 10 and 30. I was like, seven, whoa, that's expensive. No, it's like the 750. Yeah, I think it's like 750 each. For each qualifies you to give out the DOL card. And I was like, like, how are you teaching this stuff? And you don't even know what this is. I don't know what that is. We'll just skip it. I'm like, like this is okay. Like, you know what I'm saying? And so it's, again, those, those the quality 
of the content. Of course, if you're doing it for a living, you might want to make it really important because people are going to be like, your classes suck. I don't want to deal with you with your classes anymore. That's just the reality situation. I guess I've done enough training to where people like this. I try to make it interesting. You know, people like the way I teach my classes. That's it. I thought you were about to tell no, a story. No, that was it. That's, that's pretty much it. Like you were just bragging. Yeah, I'm yeah, just bragging. yeah. My I'm classes are interesting. Pretty, I, I think so. I try to make them fun. I, I don't like to make. I don't like to bore myself. Yeah. I'm gonna have to go through a training. I try to make it interesting, and like the whole hours and the only th ones that I have to do and sit down and make stuff boring is the ones that you have to get hours on. You know, uh, like the eight hour MSHA, twenty four hour MSHA. Like you have to have the hours. You have to get those time, and that's where you have to put in a lot of extra material. But like CPR, eight hour class? No, it's a four hour. That's a four hour class. Well, like, I think Three there's a recommended class. amount of hours that it's yeah. supposed to take or something. I mean, I, if I, it, would dip, it also depends on size. If I have three people, it's not going to be the same as with 12 oh, yeah. people. So I would definitely get good at doing trainings. When you're a consultant, this is the best time to mess up. Best, I mean, maybe not the best, <laughs> the time, best to time to mess up. best time to mess up. But it is. Let's be honest. It's the best time to mess up because guess what's going to happen? You're going to screw up. Everybody's going to hate you for it. And you're like, cool, well, I'm not going to be here much longer. So guess what? Later, I'm on the next project. I mean, don't screw up off, uh, right off the gate. But I mean, I, I would say I've made a lot of mistakes when my in my consulting career. And those those mistakes have, have you know, exponentially helped me further along in my career. Because I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember. Oh, I remember when that happened. Okay, this is what I did wrong. This is what I did right. And I learned from this guy. And I learned from that guy. And I learned from this. And I learned from that. Okay. It helps build that experience, builds that confidence and stuff like that. Outside of consulting... So I know I was just curious if you could think of anything else. So like good starting jobs, consulting. We've talked about trying to get into a company as like a trainer or a BBS person or an entry level safety tech. Is there any other paths into a safety career that you can think of? Well, I mean, I know like transferring from one one position into like another. So if you don't have safety in your company, that could be a good way as well. But like, let's say you have a degree and you're trying oh. to get your foot in the door. Well, that's what I mean too. Yeah. Let's say like you, let's say you're working for a company that doesn't have safety and it's like a moderate, of course it just depends on the size yeah. and the scope. If we have 10 people, you're probably not going to have a safety guy. Just they don't have a budget for it. But if you're like a moderate, let's say 50 to hundred and they don't have safety and you notice that there's a bunch of incidents and you are getting a degree, you know, as to people, if you can convert, you know, your home, your, the company that you work for now into something like that, that'd be great because that's, that's literally you're, you're creating your own door at that point, right? You're creating your own opportunities. Um, one of the things we talked about uh, in an upcoming episode is, is dealing with, you know, um, when you're going to school, you can do internships, mm -hmm. you know, you can do little projects for some companies, go out there and talk to companies. Hey, um, my name is Joe. I'm going through my, my safety, uh, career. Is there a way that I can shadow you for like a day or two? Mm -hmm. Sometimes I, I tell a lot of, a lot of kids, my niece, she, she just graduated high school and she's, well, I can't get a job because I have no experience. And I told her, go to Fiverr. What are you good at? Go to Fiverr and sell your, sell your expertise online. That could be another way in through the door. Hey, mm -hmm. you know what? I'm going to have to do my stuff a lot cheaper. You know, in the beginning, hey, you know what? I see that you need help with that IPP. I can I can help you out with that. Yeah. And learn, you know, learn how to build one, learn how to do stuff, learn how to, and then that might be, you know, creating your own opportunities is also a, an a, an experience that I've done myself. Is, well, my company wouldn't allow me to do this, so I had to go outside of my business as a side project, and that's where my my consulting came in. I got that experience doing it somewhere else. I didn't have the experience in doing, let's say, um. 
just for incidents of incident management. I never had to do incident management in my job before. Well, now I created my own company and that's what I'm going to do with, you know, a different company. Hey, I'm going to do it super cheap. Maybe, you know, a couple, only a couple hundred bucks or whatever, but at least you're getting that experience. They're allowing you because it's cheap for them be, for you to get that foot in the door. You're creating your own doors. What about some of these other, so I was, when you were, when you were, when you were talking right now, I was thinking of some like other jobs that sometimes relate up to a safety career. So like, what, what about your experience as like an EMT or paramedic? Do you think that is a good uh, way? Okay. So I had a conversation with a, a I'm not a good friend, but a, a gentleman that I actually worked on the ambulance with and he, he did, he's very well known in the safety circles. And he said it opposite. I, he believes that people that do get an EMT do well, but I've actually seen the opposite where remember as an EMT, we are, are not prevention. Mm -hmm. We are reactive. Yeah. Right. Whereas safety, we try to be more preventative. Mm -hmm. And so it's making that switch. Being an EMT is great when it comes down to like incident management, talking with doctors, understanding like industrial hygiene and, and how different environments can affect people. Which you don't want to be a big part of your safety job. No, but, no, but you, it, is a, it is a vital piece that mm -hmm. you need to have. But actually knowing, okay, well, what prevention techniques and, and accident investigations and a lot of this other stuff, I honestly, being in the field, I honestly, everybody would tell me, oh, you're an EMT. Oh, you'd be a great safety guy. You'd be a great safety guy. I'm like, you're right, but you have to put in the work. It's not just like, oh, it just transfers right over. Like, no. It, not at all. No, but like to, let's say you're having, yeah, a, I think it would you're help. having a hard time finding a safety job, but you are an EMT. Maybe you can go do this for uh, six months or a year. And then at least it's some type of experience that yeah. relates to safety. I was trying to think of like jobs outside of safety that you could potentially relate. Like another thing I was thinking of. So there's two other ones I was thinking of. Uh, it's like, well, one, we kind of mentioned it already, but like a confined space rescue or technical rescue companies, like working for one of those relates a lot to safety or like, uh, that guy that came in our episode a couple of weeks ago, he works for, um, I can't like a fire system. So he does inspections on fire systems, yeah. he does inspections on buildings and on fire extinguishers. Like these are little pieces of safety yeah. that I feel like if you can get in with one of those, Hey, at least you're building experience in some facet of safety well uh, it's not also that as long as you have any job i think all yeah. jobs have safety you can work at burger king right if you could sit there food and, safety uh, well not even just food safety occupational safety if you can yep. if you're going through school and you worked at burger king and you came in front of me and said look joe look i have never had a full-time job as a safety guy but at Burger King, guess what I did? I learned about the ergonomics and I learned about, you know, confined spaces and I learned how this works and how that works. And if you sat there, you know, like bring, proper signage all the way back to you know, our first couple and you sit there and exactly you go, well, I don't know. I've never done that, but I can relate whatever experience that I do have mm -hmm. to the knowledge that I've gained. Right. Again. Oh, yeah. I, I manage the, the lockout tag out. Or I manage this and I manage that and I, oh, you know, environmental, we, I helped, you know, uh, facilitate figuring out what company we're going to use the, the oil, used oil to. And mm -hmm. we were just dumping it down the drain. That's, you know, that's against SWIC and all this. You're like, oh, wow. Okay, cool. Even a crappy job. You're right. As long as you're able to take that knowledge and go, look, this is how I applied it. Oh, okay. Working at a hotel, you do lockout, tag out, you do ergonomics, lifting, this, 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 that. As long as you're taking the reins, I'm sure a manager will be like, oh, hey, I don't really know much about this, but hey, can I teach the class for you guys? Yeah, I'm going through school for this. Oh, wow. Cool. Awesome. Taking, honestly, what I've done too is I've learned it to the point where when I'm going through school, I use the things that I used in school in real life. One of my big things that I had to go through was business ethics. Guess what I did? I used that business ethics 
you know, PowerPoint, tailored it specifically to the different companies that I work for. Check it out. And I, it's all the variation of the, of the same base template. I just changed some of the names around, some of the symbols, maybe tweak it here, tweak it there. It takes five, 10 minutes. Hey, look, I have a whole ethics course for your company. Something that a lot, a lot of places don't have. Boom, check it out. Using, using your practical skills that you learned in school or, or projects that you've done, use them in real life, wherever you're at. Because safety doesn't have to be like this on this big old pedestal. It can be even at home. Oh, what have you done? Oh, at home, I make sure I wear my PPE and I put my, my goggles on and I do this. If somebody came in <laughs> to interview for you, and they're that's like, the only yeah. thing they said I wouldn't be and like, like oh, yeah, yeah, I don't have any experience, but don't worry, dude. When I when I'm on my lawn, I put my safety glasses yeah, on. Yeah, I'm like, oh, okay. But no, I mean, that's like I said, it's it can be very difficult, but sometimes creating your own doors and and just relating the experience that you're getting through. If you're especially if you're, even if you're not getting a degree, even if you're going through like just the like online classes, mm -hmm. or you're going through like one of those what is it called those little like subclasses that you get at, at some of the universities like certification program yeah, like a certification program or certificate programs even if you're going through that just take whatever you're learning and apply it to whatever you're doing mm -hmm. right now you know even if you're working at burger king it doesn't matter i'm not gonna look down on you oh this guy just worked at burger king i'm but, gonna ask if they still get an employee discount or not oh wow some free <laughs> extra pickles please but yeah no, i think that's i think that'll that'll kind of wrap it up i think that's kind of kind of help everybody out and kind of thinking about exactly how they can take their experience, their knowledge, education, and, and relate it to either what they're doing or what they want to do and how they can be creative. I think that's something that maybe our generation hasn't been kind of really focused on is creating our own doors. And again, like I said, I always tell people, well, that's the reason why I got into consulting wasn't because I thought it was great money. I thought it was because I can get experience and get paid at the same time on all the things I'm not getting in my current job. Kind of like going out and like in a marriage. <laughs> <laughs> oh god you're not getting what you want from your from your spouse you're not get gonna it take somewhere it else kind of like that but with a job but in a positive but in, in a, a positive, positive manner yes that, that'd be like a negative way probably. well i mean obviously yes in a marriage but in work we call it moonlight. terrible analogy we dude. call it moonlight why well, i didn't have another one okay i'm usually pretty good at analogies but this is the only one I'm like oh that's the only thing i can think of so yeah uh guys we're gonna cut it short a little bit today but yeah like us on instagram i've been changing some of the content i hope you guys like it um uh, follow us reddit culture of safety reddit culture of safety instagram or the popular safety guys the culture of safety at gmail.com culture of safety at gmail.com um only fans matt and joe safety watch there be like a matt and joe <laughs> they just give them free creepy every time we don't have a we don't have only fans uh but yeah thanks guys all right you guys have a good one